under the Labour plan, private schools will lose their charitable status and pay 20% VAT on fees. He is attacking the hard-working aspiration of millions of people in this country. A report in the Sunday Times today that says he's considering slashing inheritance tax. This government is due to argue that offering asylum to a person because they are gay, women or fearing discrimination in their home country is not sustainable. <laughs> Yo, 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 ladies and gents, welcome to Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments, uh, episode 213, uh, the last episode before this uh, this goddamn Thursday night sermon. Uh, let me just bring my mic a little bit closer. Hopefully you can't see that or hear that. It's screeching in your ear. Um, yeah, last one before the big gig on Thursday night at the book club in Shoreditch. Uh, in fact, if you're listening to this now... It's probably like two days since it was originally on YouTube as a live stream. And then it goes on Patreon for two days, which means if you're listening to it on like Apple or Spotify, like two days later sort of thing, that means the the gig has probably happened already. Or maybe it's like if I've released it on Thursday, maybe it's happening right now as you're listening to this. I'm not really here. I'm in the book club in Shoreditch. You know, if you're listening to this 7 p.m. onwards on Thursday night, then right now in the book club, I am probably stood there with a beer in my hand and a mic in the other hand talking shit to people. So, yeah, looking forward to that. But anyway, if you weren't able to get to it, to this uh, this big gig, the Thursday night sermon, fear not, because firstly, there's another show coming up very soon, uh, the 10th of November. That's me, Super Tansky, Danny Price... Marina Perkis, James fucking Benison, Dane Baptiste. Uh, it's a all-star lineup uh, on Friday, the 10th of November. There's a ticket link for that, I think, in the description. Or at least there will be by the time it gets out to you guys. Uh, but also, fear not, because we're about to get into the usual sunlit uplands that I tend to explore. You know, the sunlit uplands that we gallivant through. On this show, the usual frolicking down Bummer Boulevard as I, as I spread my joy unto the world on Aid Thompson and other disappointments. Uh, quick off of the cap to the Patreons, my Patreon backers, big up yourselves. Um, and without further ado, let's get into it. Let's jump straight into this because there's so much going on at the moment. I mean, there's never there's never a quiet week in politics anymore, is there? It's never just a quiet, normal, boring week in Westminster or over in the US, for that matter. It feels like we're in a sort of permanent state of upset and chaos these days. Maybe you're like me. Maybe in that respect, you know, you sort of long for yesteryear when when politics was just, uh, you know, a, a bit boring. You know, do you remember those days where it was just old White men in grey suits banging on about different ideal economic strategies or something. Do you remember that? Those days? Because that, they, that's not what this is now, is it? That's not what we have nowadays. Nowadays, it's not boring. Nowadays, we have 
Suella Braverman threatening to pull asylum status from gay people and women. So she would presumably turn back gays who had fled Afghanistan. She would stuff them straight on a fucking Air Rwanda jet or something. And send them straight back to Kabul, where they will be thrown off the top of a building. That's not boring, is it? <laughs> That's exciting. What an exciting political time we live in. And of course, Braverman is uh, very much a star of this week's political activity. She's made a tit out of herself in record time this week. Normally, she paces herself. Normally, there's a bit of moderation. <laughs> Like, she knows her skill set. She knows who she appeals to. The massive idiocy out there. The millions of 80 IQ crayon eaters that make up three quarters of the formerly Great Britain. Normally, she paces herself. She's like, I, I, I can't be a bell end twice in one week. I mean, you know, she's got PR people in the background, you know, going, Sue, 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 Sue. Like, there, there is such a thing as overexposure, okay? We need to just dial it down a little bit. Like, there's a reason Ed Sheeran doesn't put out a new album every year. Just, just leave them, just let them want it a bit. Just a bit of moderation, Sue. But yeah, not this week. This week, uh, record time between instances. Monday was... Braverman defending the police for, um, uh, well, one of them's been charged with murder, right? So he might go to prison, this policeman. If he's found guilty of murder, he might go to prison. And Braverman, being, you know, ostensibly the head of the police, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's the commissioner, obviously, and there's the mayor of London or whatever, but Braverman is head of law and legislation and home affairs, etc. But she comes straight out the gate. She's like, the police have to make split second decisions and they shouldn't have to live under fear of prosecution. Like, that's what she said. Straight off the bat. Defending the police in the context of the shooting of Chris Caber. I was really trying to think carefully about this, like just from my perspective, just trying to absorb what that story is and the idea of police being prosecuted. I was, I was trying to think carefully because there's a lot of nuance to it. Like it's a big conversation. But it's an emotional one, too, which is, you know, why it's so volatile, because you've got the, the pragmatism of knowing that you need to arm some of your police. You just do. But then you've also got... A mourning family over here who desperately need answers. You know, like what went wrong with that? Why did our kid have to die? You know? And so here, here's where I got to, right? This this is my stance on it, I think. It is I, I think we have to accept that on occasion in a first world country, and you know, one that is through its geopolitics, its invasions, <laughs> its endless support of what appears to be an apartheid system in Israel and Palestine, like plus plus our selling of arms to Saudi and plus upending Libya and plus the, the myriad of geopolitical mischiefs that we've got up to 
in the UK and outside of it. We have to accept that there are going to be people who will wish to do us harm societally, right? To embarrass or to hurt the British state. That is just a fact. Now, if we accept that some officers have to carry firearms to shoot down, you know, I don't know, some stabby lunatics on London Bridge or or some radicalised nutter who ram raids an airport or aspiring snipers, you know, <laughs> assassins or, or gangland kingpins or something. If we accept that, we also have to accept that occasionally, although hopefully rare, occasionally with the wrong set of variables, the wrong set of circumstances, those armed response units might and sometimes do make a mistake. You know, now, when they make a mistake and they shoot an unarmed black guy who's about to become a father, by the way, I don't know if you're familiar with the Chris Caper story. But when that happens, I would like to think that the Home Secretary might have trust in the CPS, right? That doesn't seem like too high of an expectation that the Home Secretary might have trust in the Crown Prosecution Service, that they might know the difference between an admin fuck-up and a racist murder, okay? They're two very different situations. And, like, with, with Chris Cabo, like, here's a kid who's driving his friend's Audi, I believe. And, and it wasn't registered to him. And so the police catch sight of it and the police move in because the car itself has been slapped with some, like, observation order. Like, they think it's connected to a gun-related thing from the day before or something. And, that, and that's why this Audi is of interest to them. But they don't know who the fuck's driving it. And anyway, they, they follow this Audi with no sirens. Like, it's not obvious police cars there you know, unmarked or whatever it's called. And they follow this Audi into a side road where there is a proper police car waiting and they trap this Audi in. And then, for reasons best known to the Met, they fire a shot through the window and they kill this guy, right? Unarmed, now dead. Now, why did they do that is the question, right? Did they, did they think he was someone else? who was incredibly dangerous because he didn't own the car, so they didn't really know who he was. Like, that's that's possible, right? Did, did they think, oh, this is where they stashed the gun from the other day, and maybe maybe they see him go for his phone or something, and they, they mistake that as a man going for his gun, and then they fire, you know, to defend themselves or the community. Like, maybe that's what happened. But it could also be something else. It could be. Like, you would ask the question, wouldn't you, if you were intellectually curious in any capacity, you would ask the question, why was this officer so keen for this young black guy to die? Did they, did they shout a warning? Did they announce that he was under arrest and tell him to put his hands out the window? Did they, you know, because if they didn't and this one officer just went rogue and shot him, that is the sort of shit I'd be like, well, OK, how is this officer connected to the dead guy? You know, did they know each other? Is this a crooked cop who's killing someone who could expose him sort of deal? You know, like there's theories, man, that you could explore there. And it's just so fucking intellectually barren to just go, oh, yeah, yeah. The, 
the police get to shoot people and occasionally they fuck up, but they shouldn't have to worry about getting jailed for it. Like, yes, we need armed response units. No, that doesn't mean those officers couldn't ever be guilty of murder, you batty old bastard, Sue. Honestly, like, she's like, she's like, firearms officers have a very difficult job. They have to make split-second decisions, and they shouldn't have to worry about legal repercussions. Hey, you, you know who else was a firearms officer, Sue? Wayne Cousins. Yeah, like, on, honestly, Braverman, you, you fucking, you tabloid fluffer. You dappy bint. Like, she's such a morality fucking sociopath. Do you know what I mean? Like, the only reason she wasn't out there saying, like, Cousins has my full support. He's got he's got a stressful job. The only reason that wasn't her out there defending him is because the Home Secretary then was Pretty Patel. That is the only reason. So yeah, she was she was backing the police uh, on Monday, who were all putting their guns down in solidarity of the one guy, the one officer who's getting prosecuted for murder. And look. It may be that the officer is innocent, okay? I know that might be hard to hear. But it is totally possible. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say it is probable that rather than the armed copper maliciously setting out to shoot a black guy to death that day, I'd say it's significantly more likely that they were given shit intel. Like, it's the Met. It's the fucking Met. You know, and then I, I think they got bad intel. The guy moved around in the front seat. They thought he was going for a gun, and they thought he was the owner of the car who maybe is a bit more dangerous or something, and they discharged the firearm, and then this becomes a conversation about whether the Met as an institution are liable, you know, for producing that shit intel and not firing the warning or whatever. You, know, you know what I mean? It becomes a question about process and intelligence. And perhaps whether officers need to, you know, fire a warning shot. Rather than immediately go for someone's fucking head. But that is probably, in my, you know, hugely unqualified opinion. That's probably what it is going to turn out as being here. And even though it's sort of... You know, if that is what happened here, it would be sort of understandable. Like, it would be better that it's a relatively, like, innocent admin or process fuck-up than having, like, literally, like, murderously racist cops. Like, nobody wants that. But in some ways, it would be worse, wouldn't it? Because, like, for the family, it's like, oh, great. So my, fu my fucking kid died for nothing. It's just a, a dumb mistake because somebody sent the wrong intel document to this guy, like, you know, by a shit tired underpaid officer led by other shit officers do you know what i mean it's like this all happened for nothing anyway so back to suella so she comes out in support of the police somewhat unsurprisingly perhaps and here's why it's ridiculous right because because normally you would expect someone to go like well you know we don't know all the facts yet Let's wait and see what comes out of the trial. You know, I'm I'm Home Secretary and I trust the CPS and I trust that they've looked at the evidence and they, you know, they've decided that it suggests that something untoward. Let's see how things develop at the trial. It would be improper of me to talk about this ahead of the trial. But straight out the gate, 
She's like, I fully trust the police and no, we shouldn't prosecute them. Whatever they may do, they are, oh, they're beyond reproach. The Met, I don't care if you have read book after book about how they protected the government from Partygate and, uh, and spied on activists and had babies with them while using fake identities that they stole of dead children. I don't care if they do have thousands of officers suspended for God knows what, and they take pictures of dead black women and laugh about it on WhatsApp groups. I don't care if they conveniently lose documents relating to the axe murder of Daniel Morgan. I'm willing to trust them over the CPS. I'm positive nothing will come out of this trial. They deserve our full trust. They deserve our full trust, don't they, Britain? So there's that. That's how Suella's week started. And then this morning, different day, she wakes up, she's like, I wonder what today is going to bring. And this morning, out comes this conference speech for some big cashed out think tank or something in America. And she's saying, like, women and gays, in her opinion, shouldn't be able to claim asylum on that basis. So that's great. She's branching out a little there. Good old Suella. You know, normally it's just needlessly callous. Normally it's like, you know, her dream of flying refugees off to Rwanda. It's her dream, guys. Normally it's just insensitive and cruel. But now that callousness is broadening out. It's expanding, guys to also cover legally and politically inaccurate ground also. Callous and stupid. Fucking amazing job, Sue. And look, for those that are perhaps not quite so au fait with our you know, international obligations, so like, the UK are signed up to the Refugee Convention, right? It's part of the UN. And, uh, and we're also signed up to the ECHR, obviously. So there's that. Um, so yeah, like unless... She's suddenly going to break away from the Refugee Convention, which does actually explicitly say, like, it classifies women and girls and gays and lesbians as being able to claim asylum if they are coming from places where they would be attacked, oppressed, persecuted based on those attributes, right? And look, if she did pull us out of these conventions, that would put us in the company of fucking Saudi Arabia and North Korea. Which is just like, like, you know, when you see things like the protest bill and when they threaten to jail journalists for 10 years if they embarrass the government. Do you remember that? And you, like, you know, when you see these stories bubble up and then we kick up a stink about it. And the response from that side of the political sphere is like, oh, God, you, oh, you're being hysterical, aid. Would you listen to yourself? You're being hysterical. Are you sure this isn't like a bit authoritarian? Would you listen? That, that, God, you sound ridiculous. You sound hysterical, aid. But don't worry, you know, when we do fuck off out of the ECHR and the Refugee Convention, whatever else, when we end up jailing asylum seekers indefinitely, which is pretty much happening already, by the way, just an indefinite purgatorial existence for people fleeing war and famine. When we're standing side by side with North Korea and Saudi Arabia... And we're like, guys, this doesn't doesn't feel right. Like, are you sure we're not we're not getting a bit authoritarian ourselves? Don't worry, that they'll be right there to tell you that you're still being hysterical. <laughs> they just will be. What else is going on? 
What's on my mind, grapes? Right now. Rishi Sunak's Conservative Party are reverting to type more and more by the day. It's, it's pretty funny. Like, they're so laughably fucked, aren't they? Like, with the polling. The 25 points down consistently. <laughs> since, uh, since what's, his name? what's that guy's name again now? Um, Patterson. That's it. The matey uh, that Boris Johnson tried to disband the Standards Committee to save. Because uh, he had a second job, right? Or he was, he was, no, he was caught lobbying too hard or whatever. But they've been fucked since then. And now they're a matter of months away from election annihilation. You know, it is last orders on the Titanic. <laughs> it's end of days territory for the Conservative Party. Yes, I will maybe possibly shed a tear. And I really think it's interesting because it's like the reports, you, you know, you sometimes get when, like, uh, on the news, when someone's facing imminent death, you know, like they're, they're in the buildings on 9-11, say, on the 33rd floor or something. They're trapped up there and it's a guy and a woman who worked together for five years and they're both married, but they also now know that they're both going to die. So they just strip off and start fucking because it's like... Fuck it, you know, we're on our way out. I, I, I just want to die happy. You know, like they're, they're reverting to type. Right? There's something quite obviously innate and primal about it. Like when you're staring down the fucking barrel. I'm just going, well, uh, fuck it. <laughs> this is who I am. I'm just going, it's fine. Like they know they're doomed, the Conservative Party. They're staring down that barrel. And what do they do? Do they spend... The last few months actually governing the country? Do they try to fix some of the problems that they created? No. No, they don't. <laughs> what do they do? What does reverting to type mean for this lot? When they're staring down the barrel, it means inheritance tax. <laughs> it means diluting net zero uh it means all those fucking drilling licenses it was only a month ago it seems like forever ago doesn't it just signing off all that shell and bp drilling in the north sea it means private school fees it means letting off a fuck you bomb all across the red wall you know like they know they're on the way out so their entire attitude now is like well we're May as well just do this now, you know, sign this one off while we, while we still can, <laughs> you know, reposition the monocle, another swig of carver. So fuck it, let's, let's take a look at a few of them, shall we? Here we go. The Conservative Party's priorities for the few months that they remain in power. So the first one I looked at was inheritance tax. Like they've made such a stink about inheritance and it's just so bizarrely illuminating you know revealing themselves as to as to who they're serving who they are really trying to please with the remaining time that they have and political capital you know because there's people like you and me and you know friends of ours and activists and the opposition and some left-leaning papers like all of us are screaming from the sidelines going like hey hey rish rish yeah any any thoughts on rebuilding those schools or you know, any, any ideas about how we could address the aging population? 
maybe get growth. Uh, how are we going to staff the wards? Get those waiting lists down. Maybe fi fix the housing crisis so people aren't spending two thirds of their salary on rent. Maybe any anything about that? No, nothing. Nothing, really. And instead, what are we talking about? We're talking about inheritance tax. <laughs> Which is like, what, what was the stat I heard? Like 4% or 5% of the population who are going to benefit from sacking off inheritance tax? Incredible. Like, I kind of get it. Like, I'm not an idiot. You know, I know the idea of earning, say, you know, 900 grand, right? And let's say it's locked in your house. The house is your capital. It's your estate. And you've earned that money and you've paid off the mortgage, but it's 900 grand, that house. And you paid it all off and it's yours and there's no debt and everything. And then you pass away. You would want your kids to inherit that, right? Without being hit with a fucking 350 grand tax bill. Like, I understand it. But it's just a weird fucking priority right now, isn't it? With the, the treasury clamoring around for any spare billions they can find. Like, oh, 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 what's that? What, oh, oh, well, I would, I would love to finish... Your little train sets up there from Birmingham to Manchester, uh, little plebby. I, w I would love to. No, I would. I would. But we just can't find the money. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird priority. Inheritance tax. To re it's a weird time. <laughs> to trip switch. Like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, fuck the seven billion that we get from this. Probably don't need it. You know? <laughs> it's like... Oh, what's the other thing that they say? They go, um, this policy is immoral. That's the big thing that they say, isn't it? Inheritance tax. This policy is, Im it's totally immoral. And whenever they say that, I'm like, well, okay. You know? And then they expand it. They're like, oh, well, nobody else is doing it. You know, nobody else is doing a inheritance tax. No, not many other countries tax inheritance. It's immoral. And nobody else is doing it. And I'm like, right, okay. But, I mean, installing wave machines in the channel felt a bit immoral. And nobody else was doing that. But, but none of you lot seemed to have much of a problem with it when Pretty Patel was suggesting it. Don't, don't change the subject, Aid. Criminalising protest is a bit immoral. Nobody else is doing that either. I said shut the fuck up, Aid. You bigged, goofy prick. So it's like, why are they doing it? You know? And it's because they're reverting to type. They're staring down the barrel like they know it's all over. 25 points down. So they're doing all the things that they can that will enrich themselves and their mates while they still have their hands on the legislator. And they come out with this shit. They say stuff like, oh, but, but, but my, my grandfather made this money. My granddad made this money by, by selling slaves to this other guy's granddad. But, it, but they both already paid tax on it. And then my father paid tax. So now you want to tax it again. You can't tax someone, you know, twice for the same. Like when I read, when I read that shit, I'm like, okay, just stop. You, you motherfuckers need to just stop with this. <laughs> this whole like, you're, you're, you're taxing my money twice. Just no. It's your granddad's money. He earned it and paid tax on it. Now you're just getting money that you didn't earn. So there's that. And if everyone had houses just gifted to them 
we'd have an even worse housing crisis than we already do. So let's draw a line under that shit. And how come, just as a side note, how come when nurses are asking for a pay rise, we all have to worry about inflation, right? <laughs> nurses are just looking for a pay rise. Guys. Well, uh, we'd love to give you a pay rise, but unfortunately it would only contribute to it. Like, that is the thing that they always come out with, isn't it? How come it's that? But then when it's rich kids inheriting hundreds of thousands of pounds, that's not even in the fucking conversation. <laughs> how, many, how many bylines and headlines and shit spewed out by the commentary out this week has anybody mentioned the impact on inflation that people just untaxably non-earning 700 grand what the impact on the economy would be it hasn't even been in the conversation has it and here's the other thing like oh you're, you're taxing my money twice inheritance tax bloody bollocks you're taxing my money twice. Like, if paying tax twice on something was some sort of red line for these people, if people earning money and it being taxed troubled the morals of conservatives, they would get rid of VAT, wouldn't they? Because you've paid income tax and national insurance on your wages or your salary, all right? It's been taxed. And then you take what's left of the shop, right? Your net income. And then they say, oh, hold up. Yeah, you want you wanted to buy a four-pack of Stella, was it? That's what, like, £6, £7? Okay, yeah, well, we're going to put an extra 20% on top of that for tax. So they absolutely are taxing money that's already been taxed. So can we stop pretending that taxing earnings twice is some sort of distasteful aberration. <laughs> it's like, you're taxing my money. To just shut the fuck up and sit down. So that's inheritance tax in their, you know, last hurrah of Tory ultra return to type policies. Next up, private school fees. They could be expending what remains of their political capital you know, drafting in workers for the NHS. They could be investing in tech hubs and coding schools, couldn't they? Getting Britain fit for the future. But no, what are we talking about today? What was privately educated Nick Ferrari babbling on about this morning on LBC? Private schools and this rumoured policy. Actually, it might have been confirmed by now. I hope it's been confirmed. But this Labour policy that's being banded around at the moment that they will pull private schools, the fees that parents pay, into the scope of VAT. So school fees for posh people are going to cost rich parents 20% more now. Ooh. And the Tory press are very cross about this. Goodness me, they are in a pickle. 20%. Added to the bit. Maybe, maybe could they just could they just hold their nerve? Is that are we? Is that the advice? Is that the official advice? Uh, no. Oh, that that's just that's just broke people struggling to pay their mortgage. Is it? Okay. Right. Twenty percent added to the bills, which are like you know what, seven grand a term or something. Ten grand a term. I follow this one lady on uh, on twitter uh, i don't know if you've seen her um her name's bella wallersteiner 
I don't know if you've heard me talk about her tweets before. She's a sort of, I don't know what the correct noun is for this, but I describe these people as Sunakians, right? She's sort of, she's a supporter of Rishi Sunak. A Sunakian. She's a centre, centre-right sort of conservative. And this is what she had to say this morning about Labour's attack on the private school sector. This is Bella Wallersteiner. She says, uh, Labour will add 20% VAT to private school fees within their first year of power. Labour's desire to punish independent schools is an attack on aspiration and economically illiterate. Independent schools save taxpayers 4.4 billion every year. I love this anti-aspiration nonsense. I do. Like, Labour are anti-aspiration for deigning to tax them. Deigning to tax private fucking school. Like, first up, I think I said this the last time they tried rolling this nonsense out, but like, if you can afford 30 grand a year, you can afford the fucking VAT. You bell end. Like, what are you talking about? And second, maybe if you have such a problem with adding VAT to this, I don't know, maybe it's because your money being taxed twice, like maybe, you know, maybe it's immoral, just standard VAT. So like abolish VAT is what I'm saying. If, if this falls into that sort of morality hole. Hashtag abolish VAT, my new campaign. But also, the thing that gets me about this, right, with the Tories, and even sort of, you know, not necessarily card-carrying Tories, right, like, you know, top-hatted, monocle-wearing cunts like i mean you know center right conservatives which is what you know this bella lady seems to be but the thing that gets me is just the self-awareness is just gone <laughs> like how how are you going to have a conversation about the british education sector and talk about how a bit of vat is anti-aspiration how are you going to put anti-aspiration into that conversation when when the Tories have hiked tuition fees like it's 10 grand a year now? Like that is almost by definition a tax on aspiration. Like I imagine exchanges with working class kids trying to go to university and they're like, you know, oh, I I aspire to be a lawyer. And then, uh, you know, the mate is just like, I I aspire to be a social anthropologist. And then the university guy's like, oh, uh, okay. Um, well, well, aren't you too cute? Uh, oh, sorry, where, where are you from again? Well, uh, I'm from a council estate in Wales. <laughs> Although I sound cockney. <laughs> the other one's like, I'm from Slough, even though I sound northern. <laughs> and then like, the uni guy would be like, oh, it's amazing. Okay. And, and sorry, you both aspire to get good jobs yeah yeah that's right okay well um that'll be a hundred grand all in are you fucking insane like a hundred grand tax is what we're saying to go to university to pay nine grand a term or whatever like it it gets up to that it's like it's about 90 grand now we're edging on u.s college fees kind of territory a hundred grand tax on my kid's aspiration, Bella. How's that work for you? You tap dancing tosser. Labour will add 20% VAT to private school fees, punishing independent schools. It's an attack on aspiration. It's anti-aspiration, guys. 
to put VAT on school fees. Anti-aspiration. Like the fucking concrete coming loose and a breeze block ploughing through your kid's skull hasn't tempered their dreams a bit. And even if, even if we move away from Bella, God, God bless her. Good old Bella Wallersteiner. If I could be bothered to get them made, right, I would get, I'd make special, like, booge badges. <laughs> and I would, I'd send them out to people that I cunt off on, on the show. Like, you'd get a booge badge through the post. It's maybe like a Blue Peter sort of thing, but, it, you know, booge. But, and people would receive it through the post, and they would go, oh, fuck. What, so what has he said about me? <laughs> like, anyway, if we, if we move away from Bella... And we just look at her hero, Sunak. It's like, you know, how are these guys kicking up a stink about what Labour may or may not do with the education system when old Rish here is barely acquainted with it? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, what is his experience of the state school system? Like, I don't, I don't have opinions on how to run rehab, right? I don't. I'm not au fait with how to say goodbye to alcohol. It's not something I'm acquainted with. <laughs> you, may have, you may have noticed. I'm sort of the opposite, in fact, to that. I'm like, you know, I feel like for every clean living, post-alcoholic life coach online, preaching the benefits of waking up fresh and telling you to say, say yes to life, embrace sobriety. For every one of those, there should be a dirtbag like me keeping it balanced, you know, telling you the precise opposite. Like, look, look, Kevin, you've, you've had a hard week. You have. Fuck that prick over there, you know, with his, with his morning 5K runs and all that. Bellend. If you need a beer at 9am because the kids are driving you batshit, fucking crack on. Life is hard enough, Kevin. You've earned it, King. So, no, I'm not acquainted with rehabs or spas. So, you know what? I don't feel empowered to comment on how that shit should be run. So you know what I do? When the subject of rehab or spas comes up, I kind of shut the fuck up a bit. <laughs> For once. But Sunak's experience of the state school is like, what is it exactly? It's, you know, he bought, he bought a £12 bottle of wine for his local primary to, to give away in a raffle. They were trying to raise money for new computers, which is his area of passion, right? Is get people coding, make the next generation of engineers. And even in that context, he was like, oh, what are you raising the money for? Oh, um, yeah, we need a new suite of computers for the kid. Oh, right. OK, well, yeah, I'll, oh, I'll see what I can do. Oh, I can't I can't quite bring myself to give a shit. <laughs> he gave them a 12 pound bottle of wine that they could raffle away to help raise money. Here you go. Here's your £12. But Whoa, fucking slow down there, Brewster's millions. And then do you know what he did? He flew off and he donated $100,000 to US Tech College. <laughs> and this is all against the backdrop of him cancelling the school rebuild budget, condemning kids to self-burying pleb yards. Just concrete crashing down on them like how the fuck is that prick gonna stand there and be like well um 
Not a fan of what Labour are doing with schools, to be honest with you. Oh, oh, fucking really? Really, Rish? That is like the fucking manager of the Bibby Stockholm leaving a trip advisor for a travel lodge. <laughs> like that is not really up to my standards, to be honest with you. <laughs> One and a half stars. Bad end. Like every ripost, every recourse to this VAT on private school things thing is is just ridiculous. You know, it's just easily neutered nonsense. It really is. You know, like this whole oh, aspiring parents can't afford this. If you can afford seven grand a term, you can afford eight grand a term. Don't fuck around. You know. And if you can't, if you can't afford the increase, you know what you should do? You should knock on the headmaster's door, the office, and you should just ask nicely, right? Because remember, guys, they're charities, aren't they? And charities are nice and friendly, and they give people a hand where the state has failed. They <laughs> step in. That's the thing about charities. Charities exist through the failure of the state, is the saying, right? So you've got Thames Valley Hospice, you've got the RSPCA, you've got the lifeboats, all of them are charities. But where the state has failed, and I'm sure they'll take pity on you guys and totally give you 30 grand's worth of free premium tier education. They're just nice like that, like all charities. That's why so many people, when they go through the private school system, I don't know if you noticed this, but when they come out the other end, they're so well-adjusted and compassionate because they're kind. <laughs> they're just so giving these, these charities, these private schools. Like, it's so funny, man. It's like, you know, the, the treasury is broke, you know? Our debt is colossal. That's why they're cancelling HS2. That's why they can't afford to build schools. That's why prisons are falling to pieces. That is why the NHS is... It, it's quasi-fucked. It's just... It, it's fucked from every direction. Like a babysitter in a Brazzers vid. It's just... Like they're broke. It's, it's sorry there isn't any money 2.0 in the treasury right now. But a clear policy that could raise an extra 2 billion for schools that urgently need repairs and rebuilds and refurbs. And... But that policy might just touch you and your family. Oh, Lord, no. No, that policy has to go. Gone. Just instant dismissal. It's like stuff that impacts us, fair game. Stuff that impacts them, <laughs> farewell. <laughs> How about that shit? Got some wordplay out on a Tuesday night. So yes, they will happily row back something like HS2. They will happily water down net zero because that's something they don't think is going to touch them. Because this is a, you know, it's a, it's a members club and caviar class of people 
who, you know, in the HS2 context, they, these people never get the train anywhere, <laughs> right? They're never going to be touched by the cancellation of eight. Like, if you want to read on how ridiculous the Tories are right now, here it is. Here's your temperature gauge. Okay, you ready? Here we go. The Conservative Party conference next week, right, is going to have Rishi Sunak <laughs> off the back of whatever this HS2 announcement ends up being. He's going to... Rishi Sunak is going to fly to Manchester from, from London in his private plane. He's going to fly from London to Manchester and he's going to stand there probably on a shoebox. <laughs> peeking over the podium in his platform shoes. And he's going to tell you that he regrets that he's got to pull the plug on this big transport program. And he understands that it's a it's a difficult thing to hear. And he's disappointed too. And he's going to say, look, I get it. I do. I really, I understand. I do. And then he's going to fly home. <laughs> and he will be back at the Carlton Club by 5 fucking 30. That's how ridiculous the Conservative Party are right now. So, yeah, raising money through private schools with VAT? Absolutely not. That's not on the cards. Keeping money through inheritance tax? Absolutely not. No, we got to get rid of that shit. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, can we get some new hospitals over here? The hospitals that you promised us or this new train line? Or No, no, sorry. I, I wish that there was some money. I really do. I, I wish there was... I wish we could just magic the money out of nowhere. But unfortunately, economics, it doesn't work. Well, you could put VAT on uh, on private schools. Could, no, no, no. There's just no way that I can, I can think of to, to acquire any billions to pay. Did you hear what I said? Did you, I, I just said you could put VAT on private schools. Like, that could raise... A few billion, couldn't it? Well, I, I, it's just that I, I, I've racked my brains and there's just no way. I just can't figure. Yeah, yeah, OK. All right. Well, I, I, I guess we are broke. You know, I, I suppose though, you could abolish inheritance tax and throw away another seven billion. Oh, amazing idea. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Sure we can. Now. The last one here is he was thinking, I don't know if you, you saw this story. He was thinking about making smoking illegal for 18 year olds. And then it would be like next year, it would be like 18 and 19 year olds. And then the following year, it would be 18, 19 and 20 year olds and so on. And so gradually it would phase itself out sort of thing. And this one, honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. Because I don't want to be too, like me and Christo uh, Fufas were talking on Friday about, you know, trying to not be tribal, trying not to shoot down ideas just because they come from somebody who you don't necessarily like. Right. I don't want to hate the idea just because Sunak said it, you know. Although, you know what, like if you if you're bombarded <laughs> with one person's largely ineffective policies long enough you know you do sort of build up a picture of whether you should get excited about their next idea right but i want to try and be at least half objective with this so okay slowly phasing out smoking let's let's think about this so smoking is obviously deadly you know we we all know that and even when it isn't 
I mean, you know, you don't always die from having smoked for years and, and so on. But it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like taking too much ecstasy or uh, or too much booze. You know, if you hit the bottle every day for 50 years, <laughs> like it, it hasn't killed you, but <laughs> yeah, you know, you sat there dribbling and can't form complete sentences anymore and you've lost control of your bowel and you're just, you know, sliding around on the dining room chair, just just waiting for your kids to smell it. <laughs> like, like you're too embarrassed, but you can't bring yourself to alert them to what's happened again. You know, this is a habit for you now, pretty much. You just have to sit there waiting for your 77-year-old poo vapor to offend your grown-up children's nostrils over dinner. Like that is that is the output of a few decades of booze. Like it hasn't killed you, but it has like you've taken a hit. Obviously, you you suffer for your art now. <laughs> like and it's not helped by the fact like it's really to everyone's detriment that it's the same time in your life as you get all fired up about immigrants and snowflakes. It's the same time that your asshole gives way if you raise your voice higher than five decibels. You know, like, like you can't rant about Megan for longer than 30 seconds without filling your pants again. Brimming those 1970s Y-fronts, you doddery old bastard. And every time you put the news on now, and they're going on about, you know, stopping the boats. Like, then your kids run into the room. They're like, Don't settle down, Dad. Yes, you hate the foreigners, the invaders and all that. But, it, like, here's, here's the deal. If I wave my flag for a bit, will you will you pipe down? Will you? Will you settle down? Because I, I cannot afford to pay for the rug to be dry cleaned again. I just can't. Not since they put the VAT on Lily's school fees, Dad example is getting a little bit too vivid now <laughs> my imagination running away with me but it's like where was i what was i talking about smoking right and the you know parallels with booze. like 50 years of booze or 15 years of drugs or whatever it is like if it doesn't kill you it's still gonna seriously adversely affect your body you know you're going to take a hit and it's the same as cigarettes like you might not always die from them but you'll probably end up on a, you know, breathing machine thing and shitting out your kidneys. You know, you're, you're just physically wounded by your smoking habit. Like you're old and you're ill now and, you know, your hobbies are basically fucking, you know, bingo and shouting at the TV and chemo. You know, like that, that's your life now because cigarettes are so fucking dangerous. Right. So I get the need to look at banning them. I sort of understand that. And who knows, right? Like maybe maybe phasing them out like this will just phase them out. And and kids today, like they won't just pivot and source them illegally. But that is my fear with this. You know, is like you know, so like the kids today, like they're all into vaping, right? And generally speaking, broadly speaking, I think teenagers now are like the healthiest kids in centuries, aren't they? Like, they're not really interested in getting wasted in the same way that maybe my generation were. 
Instead, they're, you know, they're all drunk on fucking Instagram and nutrition and gym memberships and all this. So who knows, right? Maybe they won't give a shit if you ban facts. You phase them out. But my fear is whenever you ban substances that people really like doing or smoking or abusing, like typically that doesn't just remove them from society, does it? Like typically they just end up getting manufactured and sold by criminals instead. It's like, you know, look back historically, like if oh you ban opium, criminals make heroin. <laughs> like You ban cocaine. OK, well, criminals are just, you know, still cocaine, but now they're going to cut it with washing powder and sell that. You're going to make Oxycontin prescription only. Well, then, you know, finish the prescription and then you go into the chemist. You're like, yeah, uh, can I get some more? No, no, it's illegal. Oh, OK. Well, I guess I need to find something that's going to fill that gap. Go out in the corner. You're like, yeah, you got a uh, fentanyl or, you know, like banning smoking might work. But it also might make kids who, you know, have wanted to buy cigarettes or would have wanted to buy cigarettes might make them go fiending for spice or whatever. And this is why I think we should legalize murder, by the way, because like <laughs> I've said it before, but it bears repeating. Guys, legalize murder like by banning it. You only drive it into the hands of criminals, okay? Anyway, more seriously, I suppose, you know, the other risk of uh, phasing out cigarettes or, you know, banning cigarettes is you'll fuck around and make them cool again. <laughs> like, banning them. Now they're prohibited. Whoa, it's dangerous. Suddenly it's cool. I mean, like, UK grime was cool as fuck once upon a time when it was getting banned from brixton academy do you remember that they wouldn't put on grime or garage nights anymore because they were too dangerous and you had garage crews beefing with each other oxide and neutrino dizzy rascal rodney p fucking knights in the matrix in reading channel u uk crime grime was fucking cool man it's not so cool now when it's allowed, like now it's in slow-mo vids with a grime beat behind it on the 10 Downing Street fucking YouTube channel. And it's like a grime sort of, you know, black guy doing the voiceover. Go like, what a month it's been. Rewind. Hashtag Rishi Rewind. Like, do you remember that? Absolutely ridiculous. It was cool when it was banned and dangerous. When it's on the 10 Downing Street YouTube channel, not so cool anymore and i don't know like i suppose my point there is that you know if you make cigarettes illegal again for that young impressionable teen demographic it's possible that that might manifest as a sort of you know rebel hobby thing again maybe i don't know here's a question for you guys though like who do you think is a typical smoker these days pre-ban because it it kind of matters doesn't it for branding pre-ban and post-ban like post-ban is going to be the cool kid down the road again isn't it <laughs> because it'd be illegal be dangerous it's going to be the cool kid with a hoodie and a cigarette hanging off his lip and, you know, girls hanging around him. 
He's keeping it. Oh, my days. He's going to pull out his lighter. You know, little cheap lighter that he's just ordered off Silk Road. Because <laughs> that will be banned as well. And he'll have some, you know, year eight, 14-year-old or 15-year-old girl who's going to look up at him as he sparks his cigarette and she bats her eyelashes. Oh, you're such a bad boy. You know, and he's like, yeah, I'm beat. I shouldn't be doing this at all. You know, like, that's post-ban. Because it's going to be illegal and dangerous. But really, like, pre-ban. Who's the typical smoker right now in 2023? Because honestly, like, right now, because it's legal, because you can do it, I don't think the kids are really trying cigarettes anymore. Like, it's almost sort of self-phasing itself out. Self-cancelling. Self-terminate, like, much like a smoker, really. <laughs> like, but it's like, I don't, I don't think it's a cool thing to do anymore. I don't think that many kids are trying it now. So who is the typical smoker in 2023? When I reckon the archetypal smoker right now is your 74-year-old dad. Right? <laughs> like, drinking ale after the bookies, you know, and he leans over in the fucking front room with his old tv set and he was just, pass me the bensons would you like like that's not cool is it nobody's dad is cool we all know that nobody said oh you're such a bad boy dad with your cigarette and your fucking moth-eaten cardi and your reruns of faulty towers you cool bastard like that is a smoker now these are the people who we think or who i think of when you say who's a typical smoker in 2023. It's like that or it's a weathered yellow toothed guy, you know, with tattoos of eagles on each of his hands. Or, you know, he's trying to make some money at a car boot. That's who I think about when I think of smokers these days. Not the kind of person that kids would look up to. Oh, I wish I was like him. So I think it's kind of self-phasing itself out. That's who I think of when I think of smoking. My older brother nipping out for a fag at the con club or something. You know? These are smokers. You want to be like these people, really? Who else do I think of when I think of smoking? The fucking managing director of the telesales company I used to work at. They used to smoke in his office while looking at me up and down like he wanted to fuck me. That guy with his, with his silver cigarette case and his clipper lighter. These are the people who smoke. These people are smoking's mascots. Like, it's not a well-promoted industry. Nobody's cool that smokes anymore. But if you ban it, if you make it illegal, maybe teenagers will go back in for it. I don't know. I will say this, though, just, just you know, to close out. I will say it's very mixed messaging from the UK government, isn't it? If we do consider banning cigarettes. Mixed messaging from the government, from the drugs body, from the Prohibited Substances Act. You know, if these ideas do come to pass, if they do ban smoking, because if they do ban smoking, you could realistically be in a country where we're just seeing sense on things like marijuana, right? <laughs> like we're just at a point now where the police are like, yeah, just look, don't. Don't roll it up like out in the open. All right. You know, like in theory, you know, don't don't 
roll what don't roll a joint up out in the open or you might maybe get a citation like they can't be bothered with the fucking paperwork to give you any shit but potentially if these changes are rolled out you might have an officer come up to you and then go like what, 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 what the fuck is that you little shit and you're like chill chill and he'll be like give me that hit what is this and he'll be like it's okay it's okay it's double dipped spice skunk and the policeman will be like oh right okay i'm, I'm sorry to trouble you yeah i I thought it was tobacco. <laughs> I'm like, how fucked up is that? I need to go in a second, man. But uh, before I go, I wanted to dish out uh, a tap dancing tosser award. This is going to be a new thing. Hopefully at the end of each podcast, I'm going to do the tap dancing tosser award. If you follow me on TikTok or you've seen, you know, a couple of things on YouTube, you might know that occasionally I, I gift this to people. Um, so the tap dancing tosser award this week i know i called bella one earlier and um look i'm sorry bella i am you are by far and wide the most attractive conservative on twitter and no that shouldn't get you a free pass but for some reason it does it's biology people don't fucking judge me anyway so nominations for this week's tap dancing toss reward are obviously uh bella uh but also suella braverman uh, rishi sunak the entire Metropolitan Police Force. Uh, competition was fierce. Guys, Donald Trump. God, I didn't even get onto his polling. Going to talk about that tonight. Ten point lead over there. Google it. It's fucking bizarre. Uh, but anyway, those were the nominations. Uh, but this week's Tap Dancing Tosser Award goes to... Bum, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Russell Brand, obviously. Take a bow, Russell. Uh, why does he get it? for posting this right with all the self-awareness of of uh, fucking siri on a day off uh russell brand posted posted this it's, it's a link to his rumble show um which he posted on twitter uh and for the moment his rumble remains monetized don't know if you know that as following the uk government asking rumble what they're doing about him <laughs> we're the uk government and we want to know what are you doing about Russell. <laughs> like, major mum energy to that, isn't there? Mum at the school gates giving another mum a piece of her mind. What are you going to do about Russell? <laughs> they're like, uh, nothing. It's pretty much a response from Rumble. Um, you know, and then all their corporate advertisers started leaving. Like, Rumble were like, we have a firm commitment to free speech. And we're, yeah, it's fine. He can make videos here. Yes, they will remain monetized. And then all these brands, no pun intended, started fucking exodusing. You know, Burger King, Airbnb. They all deserted, right? And I checked the share price of Rumble this morning, and it's tanked from 6 to 4.5. Like, And I just wondered, like, how long is it going to be before their press release Starts, like, it'll be like, yeah, our commitment to free speech and we protect Russell Brand and all that stuff. And how long is it going to be before he goes to like, we support Russell and his right to broadcast, but we we see our products going in uh, separate directions now. We 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 wish him all the best for the future. <laughs> like, like it's amazing how quickly people can find their principles when they find a copy of the Wall Street Journal. But anyway. So he posts a link to his Rumble show and the title of it, the title of his Rumble show is this. It's, are we being silenced? 
just just take that in for a second. Russell Brand, who allegedly stuffed his old boy down this poor girl's throat, and when she was crying or whatever, he was like, I only wanted to see your mascara run. Anyway, blocked her fucking windpipe, allegedly. Am I being silenced? Am I being silenced, guys? I feel I feel restricted in my ability to express myself. Am I am I being silenced? Russell Brandt, who allegedly responded to his alleged victims by threatening to sue them. Like, you better not fucking say anything about this shit. You shut the fuck up, you know? Am I being silenced, people? Like, I, f- I feel like I'm being silenced here. I ask, I ponder, while licking the envelope for my expensive lawyer's letter, which will allegedly threaten to bankrupt this woman if she ever opens her fucking mouth. I just feel, I feel silenced here, guys. So yeah, look, take a bow. Russell Brand, you are this week's tap dancing tosser. That's it, guys. I'm out. I'm going to see some of you on Thursday at the show at the book club in Shoreditch. Uh, For those of you who can't make it on Thursday, um, don't worry. There's another show, a Riot Society gig with me, Super Tansky, Danny fucking Price, Marina Perkis, Dane Baptiste, um, James fucking Benison. That's on the 10th of November. Um, So there's still tickets for that. You can find a link to that in the description. Um, Quick off of the cap to my Patreons. Thank you so much, guys. For continuing your support hoping to meet a couple of you at the gig um so yeah doff of the cap to martin maracas simon ned chris malcolm aaron peter del monte rodri mojo sabian bowman jeff ailsa uh, kai stuart pingu david alex chris silent t-rex sarah and kerry oh need to take a breath after all that uh thank you so much guys uh i'm out I'm out this motherfucker.